Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Father Anthony, welcome to the Bishop's Hour. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. So fun to have you here. I'm just ecstatic because you've never come in before, I don't think. Not with the two of you, no. It was years ago uh, so I was on, but no, this is very exciting. Like I said, I, I listen occasionally when I'm driving back from a funeral like, with the two of you on, <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, I, I could just see your faces too while you're doing it, so it's kind of funny, but you guys are great. We can lighten you up a little bit after a funeral, maybe. You can just roll your eyes and be like, oh, good grief, those two women, I can't even believe them. <laughs> That's what we do when we hear ourselves. Yeah. Expressions. I'll like turn on the radio and it'll go to like, you know, it'll be on relevant radio or the kid will turn it on and like 9.30, and I'm like, oh, geez, geez, turn it down, turn it down, turn it down. It's too much, it's too much. <laughs> Mommy, is that you? No. I mean, yes, because I don't want to lie, but turn it down. Anyhow. <laughs> Father, can you start us off by talking about the spirituality of your order, the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit? Of course, yeah. So we're a Franciscan community. We'll start there. And we come from the third order tradition of St. Francis. So St. Francis founded three li- three orders in his lifetime. Mm-hmm. The first order, we take think of the OFMs. Uh, the second order, the Poor Clares, we'll have Antonopah. And then we're from the third order tradition, mm-hmm. which means we particularly emphasize metanoia or conversion, mm-hmm. daily conversion of life. There's kind of four Franciscan charisms. Mm-hmm. Fraternity is something that all, you know, we all share, but particularly poverty which obviously it's a charism we all have, but the first order tries to emphasize that, display mm-hmm. it to the world. Contemplation, which the poor clares try to emphasize that, mm-hmm. display it to the world. So we're called to display metanoia, conversion to mm-hmm. the world. This daily take up your cross and follow him. So uh, our spirituality is very Franciscan, obviously following in the footsteps of St. Francis. And that's a lot of meditation on the passion, a lot of focus on the passion of Christ. Uh, he who had the stigmata. St. Francis is told by our biographer Chilano, he meditated on two things all of the time. Mm-hmm. One is the humility of the incarnation. And two is the charity of the passion. All right, so, so the beautiful humility that God would leave heaven and become man um, and enter into a stable, enter uh, into the manger with Mary and Joseph. And the charity of the passion, that he loved us so much that he would willingly suffer and die for us. Mm-hmm. So uh, we try to uh, focus on these aspects of uh, the life of Christ through the lens of St. Francis and live, obviously, the vows of poverty, chastity, obedience to display kind of this metanoia, daily conversion, daily taking up our cross and following Christ, daily displaying the humility of the incarnation and the charity of the passion. And you all are having quite a little vocations boom right now down there. You have a number of men in formation. Is that correct? We do. We do. So um, we have two houses. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have our house down here in Phoenix. That's with our what's called initial formation. Mm-hmm. So postulancy novitiate. When a man comes in, he has to spend two years with us. The first you know, four months as a postulant, he's just getting to know the community. And then he'll spend a year and a half as a novice, which mm-hmm. is an intense time of prayer, being formed in the spiritual life, the life of St. Francis, the life of prayer. And, uh, and he'll have the habit at that time or say religious name at that time. Um, and so, yeah, we have four men and in what's called initial formation. So two patients and two novices, mm-hmm. uh, great guys, um, young guys uh, who are loving the life and, and doing well. And then we have five seminarians. So mm-hmm. five men who are in that specific time studying for the priesthood, either, either philosophy or theology. Mm-hmm. And that's up in Detroit. So we have a, a house up in Detroit going for the men attending Sacred Heart. Mm-hmm. Now only four men in formation are up there. One man in formation is down here doing a pastoral year. So mm-hmm. he's down working with the native community with us, Brother Elijah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, God's been really blessing us. We're only a few years old. Yeah. A bishop established us five years ago, actually wow. in 2015. 
uh, sorry, 2016. We got here mm-hmm. in 2015. And, uh, and here we are. And God, we have eight-minute formations. So God's That's really blessed so us. so amazing. So real quick, Detroit, I was privileged enough to go to Ann Arbor, Michigan this summer for some training. And I got to visit with Brother David and Brother Elijah while I was there. And I didn't get to go to St. Mary's in Redford. But I've just heard that it's a stunning church and that the community is just amazing. Father Athanasius, who was ordained in 2017... Yeah, right? I think that's right. Yeah, he's kind of heading things up up there while he finishes some studies. Is that right? That's correct. So he's what's called our uh, our cleric master. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's in charge of all the men who finished their novitiate and they're in that time of formation towards the priesthood. First, to take their their final vows. So the goal would be you take a a temporary commitment of three years, and mm-hmm. then after three years, uh, the goal would be you take a lifelong commitment to the community mm-hmm. of poverty and obedience, and then from there, those who uh, to get ordained to the priesthood, those who are feel called. And everybody in our community feels called to the priesthood. So yeah, Father Athanasius is up there. He's studying at Sacred Heart, getting mm-hmm. his licentiate in the new evangelization. Um, pray for him. He's writing his thesis right now. So yes, we will. Keep him in your prayers. But yeah, we have St. Mary of Redford actually was the biggest, largest parish in the nation at one point. Wow. Over 10,000 people would go to worship mm-hmm. there on Sundays in the oh 50s. My gosh. And uh, it's gorgeous. It is highly recommended. If you're ever up in Detroit, I'm going to try next year when I go. Yeah, please go take a look at the church. Mm -hmm. It is stunning. Actually, the University of Michigan said it's the most beautiful stained glass in the state of Michigan. It's the most beautiful stained glass I've seen. Uh, It's a really beautiful church. And uh, yeah, we have a great community down there. So we moved there three years ago now Mm -hmm. and uh, and kind of took over. We were were in Detroit. We've been there for, this is the fifth year, Mm -hmm. um, but we took over. This is our third year at this particular parish. And uh, Bishop, uh, Archbishop Vignard offered to us, and mm-hmm. we care for the inner city in there. So mm-hmm. uh, though there used to be that many worshipers, unfortunately, with the, the riots that happened, you know, a lot of the Catholics, yeah. all the people in that area all left. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're a we're heavy um, African-American community and mm-hmm. heavily Protestant community. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still some faithful Catholics who are there uh, in the community, um, both those who come, you know, who, who left but still come to church there, but also from right there mm-hmm. in Redford. And the guys are doing a really good job just evangelizing the community, getting the word out, and trying to be a, a beacon of light, a beacon of hope. Yeah. Like one thing we did, we had a big drive. Where we gave out backpacks yeah. to all the kids at our school because there's all these kids in the neighborhood and all these families who mm-hmm. are not Catholic, you know, but this is huge church right in the middle of the neighborhood. And so mm-hmm. we're like, hey, we're we're here, you know, for the sake of the community. And we want to draw you in, especially you're not going to church at all. Those who maybe aren't worshiping on Sunday, those who don't know God, please, St. Mary mm-hmm. of Redford is a place where you can come and find peace and ultimately find the Lord and hopefully find the church and the Eucharist through that. Gosh, that's just so incredible. So we got off track a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I just am like, I'm just curious. I'm I have you here, so we're just going to ask questions. Come on, come on. <laughs> ask questions. Um, but we're going to take it back to the topic at hand. So you are the Friars of the Holy Spirit. And the first time I ever had the opportunity to worship with you was Temporary Profession of Vows, and it would have been 2018, okay. I believe. And there, I remember going there, and it was just like the whole place was like pulsing with the Holy Spirit. Like it was incredible. And then that night I came back for a prayer group, and I was baptized by the Holy Spirit that evening. And it was just one of those experiences that I will never forget. So that brings up the word charismatic, right? So can we talk a little bit about a charismatic spirituality and what actually that means? Yeah, of course. Um, and so I, I like, I, it's one of those, let's start with like the term itself. Yes. Because I know it's like, for some people, it's just a term and just, you know, flashing yeah. lights go off and mm. you think- Like turn off, you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, ew, heresy, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bad, no! <laughs> and what do you think? I mean, you could think a hundred things. Like you think mm-hmm. Protestant, oftentimes yeah. you think like old old lady in the, on the guitar, you know, <laughs> and from the seventies, you know, <laughs> playing hippie music, sitting around. 
So uh, it brings up a lot of images. So mm-hmm. we use the term as a convenient term to know what people are talking about, referring mm-hmm. to, but we don't really like the term mm-hmm. you know, in that sense. It's more of a kind of spirit-filled ministry. But just because for all those people out there who may be listening, it's like mm-hmm. they hear the word charismatic and they just associate it with something. Yeah. And that, that association sometimes is very good, but sometimes it's actually bad just because different people have different experiences, mm-hmm. what's called the charismatic renewal. But, but what we want to emphasize, what our community emphasizes is encounter with the Holy Spirit, relationship with the Holy Spirit, which we're all mm-hmm. called to. Mm-hmm. We're all called to a relationship with our God who's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. As a triune God, but with each person individual, we need to have a relationship with the Father, right? Mm-hmm. As Father. We need to have a relationship with Jesus as Lord, as Savior. We need to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I mean, in, in a sense, he's, he's very intimately, you know, in, in relationship with us because yeah. of our baptism and confirmation. And yet a lot of us don't really pray to or have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So the charismatic renewal, I think, it really emphasizes this relationship with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, uh, praise and worship being a part of that, mm-hmm. uh, or any kind of uh, praising, uh, the praising of God. Um, why? Well, because there's, as, as we know, in our spirituality, our Catholic Church, we're called to be people of worship. As mm-hmm. look at, when we look at the Old Testament tradition, uh, they, the, the, the whole worship was set up around the sacrifice, but also on the praises of God. Mm-hmm. And read through the Old Testament, you'll see David had Levites who were singing songs and blowing the shofar and all this, like day and night. Yeah. David writes all these beautiful psalms to God, these beautiful praises of God, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, it's a part of our tradition, the, the praising of God. And, and, and oftentimes that looks, you know, like a, uh, you know, taking a current form with modern kind of contemporary praise and worship, but ultimately rooted in this, this need to, and our own need to worship. And we see it. I, I mean, it's, it's football season right now. Um, and, and we look, go, I, I went to a football game a couple years ago at Cardinal Stadium. Father Petrie is a huge Steelers fan. Somebody gave us tickets when we the Steelers <laughs> game. I don't know if I'll ever go back. Mm. I loved it in one sense because I love football, but but it was just it felt like this is where people were worshiping. Oh. One because all the people around us were drunk and they were cussing and there's the oh, whole thing. Yeah. But but it felt like like this is where they worshipped. Yeah. Like this was there, and you could hear it. That when they scream, they lift their hands. All these li- kind of what I would call liturgical actions <laughs> in a sense. It's just, but it's happening in the wrong context. Yeah. Well, why do I say that? It's, I, because we're built to worship. We are mm-hmm. built to praise. We're built to, to lift up our, our lives to God. And in the charismatic, I think it's it's one way in which we express that. Where we're taking this this desire we have to worship, but pointing it where it needs to be pointed, and that's to God. You know, through through songs, through hymns, um, through the praying of tongues, and other mm-hmm. other which ways in which we lift up our hands. We lift up our voices, lift our praises to God. And in that, the Holy Spirit shows up because God loves being praised. And when he's praised, his presence comes. His Holy Spirit shows up because um, as we know from the scriptures, God's enthroned on the praises of Israel. He's enthroned on the praises of the church, the praises of his people. You know what I find to be true about when, when, you're, when you're praying and open to the work of the Spirit, you're able to have these tangible experiences of God that you might not otherwise have. So if you think about, like I think about, you know, if you're, if you're praying and there's a healing or you're, someone's praying in tongues or someone rests in the spirit or there's, there are just these moments where you can have these powerful experiences with the Lord that if, if you're not necessarily open or attentive to the Holy Spirit, you might miss them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even in your own life, even not in the context of, a, of an event. No, and I think the biggest criticism of the charismatic renewal is actually it's been a benefit that people are turning against it. Mm -hmm. And that is that it's very emotional. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and unfortunately, there can be people who go for the sake of the emotion, right? And they can become very emotive. And that's where the critique comes. It's like, you're just there because you want to feel good or emotion, Mm -hmm. et cetera. But let's get down to to the heart of it Mm -hmm. in one sense is we are emotional people. 
right? We're people who have hearts. You how know, God and, made us. And yeah, it's how God make it, made us, and he wants to work on the heart. And unfortunately, in our culture today, we just suppress and repress so much stuff. Yeah. It's, 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 it's actually taught to our kids, basically, like, here's how to act, et cetera. And we, we take emotion and we shove it down. Somebody dies, don't even shove it down. You know, whatever the case is, we just throw it on a little box and hide it. Mm-hmm. And, and what's the charismatic renewal I, I've found has been really good at is opening up, opening up at the heart level. And like just ripping open to the to those emotions, right? Of of joy and of sadness and of other ways. And, and I, again, it's not always done right. And again, some people can do focus on emotions. And I, I know there's plenty of critiques. I've heard them all. Mm-hmm. I agree with a lot of them. But I want to get back to what what the good, you know? Because mm-hmm. we got we got to find the pearl. I do think there's a pearl in yeah, here. Yeah, there the charismatic is. Renewal. Because I've been touched by it. It's the reason I, one of the reasons I became a priest. I know a lot of people have been touched by it. We see the church that, that God has worked through this movement. And, and I think one of the things that that's so beautiful that Jennifer was talking about is. Like it touches the heart. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we just avoid the heart. And we avoid getting into the emotion. They're like, ah, it's emotional. No, thank you. Like, don't want to deal with it, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that person's too emotional. Don't want to talk to him today, <laughs> right? Oh, I'm going through my emotions. Uh, I'm just going to numb them out. Let me just go watch some TV and eat some Doritos and just not focus on mm-hmm. all the hurt and pain or all the ex- whatever's going on in my heart and my life. And charismatic renewal, oftentimes, with the power of the Spirit, for whatever reason, through contemporary praise and worship, it's very good at just busting Breaking open, it open the heart <laughs> and making, like, you have to face a lot of that, that heart stuff that maybe you don't want to deal with and God God will work with you. So so we have to have to look at that pearl, which I think is so beautiful because mm-hmm. it's something that offer, is offered to the church because there are not a lot of contexts that we have in our in our current in, in church context where it's like it's okay to get into the heart level. Yeah. Um, and you're like it's it's like no get into the heart level. That's what we want you to do here. We want you to open up your heart. That's and where worship the healing God. starts. Exactly. That's where the healing starts. And I think it's you know it's important that as people, because a lot of times these things will occur many times when people are at the beginning of their spiritual journey, when they have that first metanoia, that first encounter with the Lord, and they experience this incredible consolation of him. And, but it's like, what do you do after that? You know, because then you start, and I, I've shared this before, I think, after I had that experience down the reservation, like I was not seeking the God of consolations. I was seeking the consolations of God. And so I would continue to go down. I would neglect my duties at home. And I would go down on Tuesday nights. And then um, there was one time where the Lord very clearly spoke to me. And he was like, you go home. And I was like, no, I don't want to go home. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't. And I went down and dry as bone, nothing. He removed all of that from me. And it was a huge grace. I didn't see it at the time. But it was a huge grace. And then I was able to get to the heart of who he is and where he was taking me on this journey. So it's like you have that initial incredible, beautiful, heart-filled encounter, but it's like, what do you, you know, walking with people after that encounter and leading them deeper into the heart of Christ, deeper into those, those hearts that have been broken open, into those wounds, into those opportunities for healing. Oh yeah, very much so. I mean, you're you're right on it, and I think that's that's so beautiful. God, what a grace, you know, that God would. Do. And a lot of people, and a lot of people, when they when they have that experience, they're like, ah, this is done. I'm not going here anymore, you yeah. know. Or they they turn away from it. And it's so beautiful. You you recognize, oh no no no, God's trying to tell me something here. That the... that, that I'm 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 the one who's wrong. All the time we we like to point to the externals and be like, okay, that's what's wrong. That's what's wrong. That's what's wrong. But sometimes the hardest thing to do is no no no, I'm what's wrong. I'm what's wrong. I'm I'm, I'm the one <laughs> who needs conversion. I'm the one who needs to change. I'm the one who's seeking the wrong things. I'm the one who's in for the wrong reasons, and I need, I need, I need conversion. I need yeah. metanoia, and, uh. and to trust, to trust and submit to what the Lord is going to do with your life and with your prayer life 
with your spiritual life and how he's working in it, whether he gives you this mountaintop experience or whether he takes you into the darkness. He's there and he's working in your soul. So we have only asked two questions and we're already halfway through this interview. I can't even believe it. So we're going to take a quick break, but we will be right back with more of Father Anthony and the Bishop's Hour. Stay right where you are. For all the latest news and events from the Diocese of Phoenix, visit catholicsun.org slash events. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at Phoenix Diocese. Stay connected. Welcome back to the Bishop's Hour. I'm Jennifer Ellis. And I'm Andrea Boring. And we are here with Father Anthony Tinker. That's me. (laughs) Franciscan Friar of the Holy Spirit. So we were talking about different kinds of worship and how God opens us up and heals us and works in our lives. And so I'd like to ask you about your healing masses. You had them for a while and then, like everything else, didn't. And but they're back, right? They're back. Tell us about w- what happens there. Okay, what can people expect if they've never gone? Okay, great question. So, and even we're trying something even new. We're just you know the the reality of life. So last Tuesday of the month, down mm-hmm. at St. John's and mm-hmm. uh, in our our church down in Levine, we on the last Tuesday of the month we had in August, uh, which we already had, and then in October we're having a healing mass, okay. and then in September and November we're doing a prayer group. Okay, it's at seven p.m. And, and what to expect is uh, well, we we praise the Lord, um, and, and we we take a little bit of time of worship. And why? Well, because oftentimes we're so distracted. We're so focused on, you know, I've got my, I've got this to do, I got that to do, I had this stressful thing at work, etc. And, and praise and worship, we found is really good to kind of turn the heart, turn the focus onto the Lord, mm-hmm. um, and, and the words to make a prayer. Sometimes it's even hard to make our own prayer, and, and and hopefully having good some good prayerful worship songs to turn our hearts over to the Lord, get the focus off of all these other things we're focused on, get our focus on the Lord. And then for healing mass, we go into mass mm-hmm. and it's kind of a, a regular mass. We, we try to do a very liturgically beautiful mass. We're mm-hmm. going to talk a little bit about the traditional yeah. aspect mm-hmm. of the church here in a second, but we try to, to do a very, very, very reverent liturgy, uh, a very beautiful liturgy um, with our, with our guys in formation serving. And we try to preach uh, just kind of whatever the Lord puts on our heart. Sometimes about healing, sometimes it's not mm-hmm. uh, just whatever God puts on our heart and on the saints uh, or on the scriptures. And, and we begin to, to preach the word, let the word go forth and touch hearts. And then afterwards we pray for people. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we'd allow people to come up, um, or if they want to sit in their seats, they can stand, they can sit. And we just kind of offer an opportunity for prayer and people mm-hmm. come up and they say, whatever their intentions are. And some people want some kind of physical healing. Some people need, like we talked about healing of their mm-hmm. hearts. Some mm-hmm. people just need, you know, the, you know, they don't even know, know God. They want to experience him. And people are just all over the place who, yeah. who are there. Um, and so we just pray for their intentions. And, uh, and we let God work. It's really pretty simple. You get out of the way and let God do things. And, and sometimes people have profound experiences where they, they feel things. Like you were mm-hmm. talking about, you have this great profound experience to, uh, when you pray for it. Some people, they don't feel much at all, you yeah. know. But uh, we just trust the Lord's work. And however, wherever the person is, whatever God wants to do, praying against uh, anything that might stand in the way of what God wants to do, mm-hmm. and then praying for whatever God wants to do in their life. And we have seen incredible things. I mean, I could stay here and just talk about yeah. healings people have experienced. And we've seen uh, four, stage four cancer uh, completely healed. Incredible. We've seen we've seen people off of addiction, you know, struggling with addiction, they've been healed. Uh, just from e- from everything, physical, emotional, spiritual, psychological, we've yeah. seen great healing. We have confessions going the whole time as well. Uh, that's so awesome. obviously that's even more powerful than what? us praying yeah. for people, you know, that we've got the Eucharist and we have confessions for people to be healed. I have a story for you. I don't think you've heard this one. So when we were in Ann Arbor, we had Brother Andre and Brother Elijah over, and I brought over three students with me from my spiritual direction school. 
And one of the gals um, was going to leave early. Her name's Krista. She was, you know, she was having a headache and she suffers from them rather regularly. And so she was, you know, Andrew, I, I think I'm going to go. And, and I think brother Andre, cause he's really good, you know, intuitive with that. He was like, can we pray over you? Is that okay? <laughs> and she was like, and this was the, we were at Christ the King, which is a very charismatic parish. And so she had been introduced to prayer ministry, but it was kind of new because we had just kind of talked about it that week. And, and, but she said yes. And so brother Elijah and brother Andre prayed with her and prayed for her healing and praise be to God, her headache went away. And she actually texted me just like a week ago. And she said, Hey, can you, um, can you text the friars? She said, I'm in the hospital right now with having a pancreatitis flare up. She said, and they just keep coming to my mind. She's in Texas. So you guys can't just go to Texas. (laughs) But I sent, I sent brother, uh, brother Andre a text message and just ask him to pray, you know, for her and for her, her healing and for whoever else was up there that he spoke to. And he said, of course, and I don't, I don't know. Um, she did get out of the hospital and she was feeling better, but it was just more to me, a testament of her faith that she was like, I'm going to text Andrea and I'm going to go ahead and ask these, you know, amazing holy men to pray for me and pray for my healing, even though they weren't in proximity, they weren't. anywhere close but just that faith was so beautiful to me yeah her faith and god still heals i think we just got to focus on on the reality of that 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 our god is is a god who cares about his children Mm -hmm. and cares about every aspect he's counted the hairs on your head you know for some of us that's not as many as others uh (laughs) but uh He's still uh, got plenty of hair. <laughs> but but the fact that, that that he cares so much, he cares, he knows every detail of our lives. We don't even, it says we don't even know our own hearts, yeah. but oh, who alone probes the mind and uh, probes the heart? Like God does. He knows everything mm-hmm. about us and he cares every, about everything. So there's little things um, that God still heals, yeah. you know, and sometimes he doesn't and there, there's things to be offered up and and uh, God, we, we just submit all to his will. But oftentimes he does. Mm-hmm. And we just have to recognize that he's intimately concerned about every aspect of our life and wants to, wants to be still, uh, us to recognize that he's still heals today. You know, you had talked about mass and the, and the fact that you celebrate mass and you want it to be very, very reverent. What is your experience also with the traditional Latin mass? Yeah. So uh, this is a great question because we, we as a community have really gotten into the traditional Latin mass, which is very surprising. Everybody's kind of uh, like, oh, what's, what's going on here? What happened, it was kind of independently, three different uh, members of our community uh, were all asked to kind of do traditional Latin masses. So I know I was asked by the native peoples. Um, there's a Really? Yeah. So St. John's, where we are, is an old high school. And uh-huh. they were having their high school reunion. And they, they I was going to go do the mass. They said, hey, do you mind saying mass like the priest used to when we had school here? And uh, I was like, oh, like the old Latin mass. They're like, yes. I was like, okay. I was like, my people want it. Like, I want to. This was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to go learn it. And so uh, I went over and thank you to the FSSP guys. Um, they taught me how to how to celebrate the, the traditional Latin mass. And and so we've actually begun every Friday, kind of doing a traditional Latin mass here um, in Detroit. We do on uh, Saturday mornings and mm-hmm. Sunday evenings. A- and it's been an incredible experience. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess I was one of those people who, for a long time, was told by others, you know, like. Uh, stay away from the church Latin mass. Like it's, you know, it's the old, it's old, you know, that's antiquated, like we're new church, you know, everything was bad till Vatican II and everything's better now. Mm-hmm. Um, was kind of the narrative I've been getting for, for most of my life mm-hmm. from a lot of different people. And, uh, and, and I do, I, I appreciate what Vatican do, dude. I appreciate the Novus Ordo. I celebrate it most, you know, most days, but to, to get in touch with the mass that was celebrated for 
you know, uh, hundreds of years, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, 1500 from Gregory the Great till Vatican II and, and specifically this mass from Trent, 500 years. Is has been I celebrate the Novus Ordo better because of it, mm. because I understand like the Novus Ordo. It, there's not a lot of direction sometimes. Mm-hmm. You're just kind of like, what am I supposed to do right here? You know, mm-hmm. especially like me and the, the the deacon I work with, Deacon Ron, God bless him. Like for the Easter Vigil, we're like, what is it like? There's like it's really ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Like what are you supposed to do here? But the nice thing about you somehow is like here's exactly what you do for everything yeah. you do. And, and what I've learned, and everything has symbolism. Like, for example, the patent. The patent symbolizes the throne, mm. right? And the corporal symbolizes the, the, the shroud of the, of the tomb. Oh, wow. And so in the traditional light mass, you just put the, the host right there or the bread right there on the corporal mm-hmm. when you consecrate it. Right there, as if he's in the uh, kind of the tomb, and then becomes Jesus, and then you take the patent, the throne, and you lift up the the host. And there's lots of little things like that, all of which have this incredible beauty and symbolism. All of which is like, oh wow, like this is really beautiful and really symbolic. And I've and I've gotten to know a a lot of this beauty and symbolism, which is which transferred over to the a lot of it to the Novus Ordo. Some of it didn't. But but it helps me to understand the Novus Ordo more, and helps me to celebrate. And then it it kind of like like okay, well, what do why do we do what we do? Because you have to ask that question, like, why do I do what I do? Yeah. If oftentimes it's like, well, just what I've always done. And you're like, okay, but why? Yeah. And so that's really how it asked us as a community, like, why are we doing what we're doing? And that's helped us. Like, we do uh, what's called ad orientum for celebration mm-hmm. of our mass now at St. John's, which means instead of facing out to the people, we're faced towards the tabernacle. It's, it's kind of we're all facing the same direction. It's how they worship in the temple. We're all mm-hmm. facing God together. It's how the mass was celebrated for uh, 1,500 years. And even Vatican II kind of anticipated, like, when you read the rubrics, it kind mm-hmm. of anticipates you're facing ad orientum. It says, turn around and face the the people for a lot of yeah. the prayers of the Novus Ordo. There was a, an exemption given or exception given to start celebrating facing the people and just kind of became the norm. Mm-hmm. And now when you try to go to Ardentum, a lot of people are, don't like it bah! at all. But, uh, but, but, but the reason we do it is we found, and people have commented, of the experience of, of the sacred. Yeah. I think that's what I want to get to is we've talked about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about encountering the Holy Spirit, right? And we need to encounter the Holy Spirit in many different ways. But one of them is we need to recognize that there have to be things in our lives that are sacred. Mm-hmm. Like if we have nothing that's sacred, if nothing is holy, then it's all just relativistic. Mm-hmm. Um, but but if we have things in our life, and we, we already do this like Christmas traditions or Thanksgiving traditions. Like your kids, I'm sure if you uh, if you told me your Christmas tradition, right, and, and then you were like, hey, we're going to do something different this year, they'd be like, no way, right? Because this is sacred. This is what you do. This is our tradition. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. This is sacred. And, and unfortunately, oftentimes in life uh, uh, and sometimes even in our, in our prayer life, nothing is sacred. Like even the mass, it just becomes kind of like another part of my routine, et cetera. It's nothing otherworldly. And we have to recognize we're going for an hour on Sunday or, or hopefully a half hour every day uh, and then an hour on Sunday. We're, we're, in Cal- we're at Calvary. We're in, we're in heaven. Like we're, we've left. When we walk through that, that, those church doors, we've entered into heaven. Mm-hmm. And like, like the book of the letter of the Hebrews says, like we are in the heavenly Jerusalem. Like we're surrounded by angels and saints. We're worshiping God. We're representing Calvary. Like there's something mystical happening here, something incredibly sacred and holy, and it's got to be set apart. And, and, and when it's not set apart, we just when it, and oftentimes, unfortunately, it doesn't feel very set apart uh, for in, our, in our day-to-day routines, uh, that we have to do the things, and even in the liturgy itself, with the music, uh, with the, 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 the serving, with the incense, I'm a big incense, mm. a lot of bells, you know, a lot of smells and bells. Like, why? Well, because this is otherworldly. Mm-hmm. And we have to like... It, this isn't just a humdrum, you know, thing. This is something where it's like, oh, no, we got to do everything we can because we're very sensual. We talked about that. We're, sen- we're emotional. We have lots of senses yeah. too. We need to use all the senses, all the emotions, and, and, and point theologically what's going on in worshiping God. So yeah, we, we've uh, as a community, we're you know we're, we're trying to we call ourselves charismatics. I uh, love it. <laughs> so kind of like both traditional and charismatic. Um, in that, it, we're trying to recognize like where's the Holy Spirit? Where's God? 
Yeah. And we found God in both. Yeah. And I don't know, for me, yeah. and I think it's what we're getting to. Like, it's, it's like, not, it's not like, hey, I got to choose one or the other. No. Um, we have to, and we found actually talk about vocations. A lot of our young men are like, I was looking for something like this, and I found it, because people want they they, they don't want to have to choose. Like, yeah. either you're this or you're that. Either you're traditional or charismatic or whatever the, this or that is. Yeah. And what we're trying to say is, now, they both have God. Like, they both have critiques. We could we're not doing the, we could do criticism of both of these things too. But but they both have things that really draw us to God, mm-hmm. really really beautifully and profoundly. And, and why, if since the wings of the church are so broad, like, and God wants to, to, to minister to his people in so many different ways, and different people are in different places, we got to, we, we need to go and encounter God in, in all the different ways we can, because we're in desperate need of him. It's the perfect marrying of all the things. Like, I am, when I first started seeing that you were doing the extraordinary form of the, I mean, I'm a, I'm a re- very reverent, Latin chanting, Novus Ordo gal, the Lord has, that's just where he has me. And that's fine. But I love the extraordinary form of the mass too. But I'm also have charismatic tendencies, I guess, spirituality there. Is that better? So what uh, your community is doing is just such an incredible mixture of all the things in my brain that are perfect about Catholicism. <laughs> I'm the same way. I, I, want, I want it all. I want yeah. to be able to... To, to pray in the spirit in, in a community and, and experience the fullness of that. But yet when I'm at mass, I, I want I want to be reminded that we're in the presence of heaven and that that it is set apart and holy. And I love incense and I love when we chant and have parts of the mass in Latin during certain times of the year at my parish. And it's like, yes, it's beautiful. So definitely fit into that category. Which is no category. Which is no category. What's the new category? It's, it's a, we, new we just, we just What's that to, word you said? Trasmatics? Tra- Trasmatics. Trasmatics. Uh, so, so I guess we just have to recognize, like, because oftentimes the, the, there's the tension. Like, wh- okay, what's the Lord doing? Like, what, what's happening, mm. especially now with what's going on and, you know, and all the people very confused with Pope Francis yeah. and what's going on in the church and what's, you know, what, what are, where, where are we? What direction are we going? Mm-hmm. And we just have to, have to say, okay, Lord, this is, this is the time you put me in. Like yeah. maybe I would I would have loved being in the 1500s, you know, and all the medieval theology and all those great things. And but this is where you have me. Like I was born in the 21st century. Uh, I was born in the 20th century. We're in the 21st century. Like what? Like what do you have for me right now? Mm-hmm. And how am I supposed to build your kingdom here? Mm-hmm. And we're just in a place where the the church has offered us, you know, these these two forms. And, and I think, and it's where worship does this, this charismatic renewal, this movement of the spirit that's happened. There's all these, these things that I just say, okay, God, where are you? And what are you trying to do? What are you trying to tell us? And, and I think this is where, you know, it's so, so beautiful. And to our listeners out there, that, that we have to recognize that I think God is giving us all of this because we need all of it. It's yes. kind of like, like weapons for war. Right. And, and you go into battle and you have, you know, some people are archers and some people are, are sword, swordsmen and axe bearers or whatever the different weapons are. You need your different weapons for, for battle. And, and God is, like I said, he needs to work on our heart. He needs to work on our minds. He needs to work on our emotions. He needs to just work on, on every aspect of us, our soul, most importantly. And, and we have to allow him to do the work he wants to do in the way he wants to do it. Like a master surgeon, he yeah, it's about different ones. He's got different tools, you know. He needs mm-hmm. different scalpels and different things for different parts of the body and things he needs to work on. And so I think we just have to submit to to say, okay, God, where are you working? And how are you working on me? And it's not like I'm better. I'm not better than any of these things. Mm-hmm. And I don't have it all figured out. And I, I I'm not. I guess I'm. I'm just. I, we, all we would say is we're just too dumb to figure it out. So we just kind of have to do everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> 
um, because because it's like okay, God, like well, I've, you've touched us, and and you've touched not just us, but you've touched people we minister to through the charismatic renewal. You've touched us. You touched people minister through the traditional Latin mass. Mm-hmm. Um, you've touched, and you've just touched us in the day to day kind of routine of life in our Catholic school and through our, you know the sacrament of education, all these different yeah. things that 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 are a part of the, what the church offers. And, and so we just have to embrace all of them and, and offer all of them. Um, and, and, and let people be touched in all the different ways that God wants to touch them. And, and don't feel like we have to choose like uh, one side or the other, because our, our nation's divided right now. Yeah. We, we don't need our church to be divided. Like the divisions the work of the enemy. And, uh, and Amen. so it's, it's like, okay, um, I, I, these people are on my team. Like we're all on the same, we're all members of the body of Christ. We're on the same team. Let's fight together because the, the world's coming and it's coming fast and it's hitting our kids hard. And, yeah. and we need to work together. And, and so it's like, okay, what, what does this have to offer? Why are people drawn to it? Even if I'm not drawn to it, I need to, I need to at least appreciate people are drawn to this. Mm-hmm. And they're, it's, they're, it's drawing them closer to God if it's an authentic movement of God. And, and so, okay, if this is of God, it's drawing people to God, then I want to at least understand it. And so that's my encouragement. If you've never been to traditional Latin Mass before, go. And, and go and, and, like, and, and, and go with an open heart and open mind. Mm-hmm. And then, I, honestly, the first time I ever went to one, I didn't like it. Yeah, it's kind of grown. That's what on Father me. Camus said too. Yeah, we yeah. talked to him about it. Also. Yeah, I was like, I didn't really like it, but 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 it's kind of it's very much grown on me yeah. because I understand it more now. And he had to look into it. I'd be like, what's what are they doing? Like, I don't mm-hmm. like it. It's kind of I don't. It's quiet. It's in Latin. Mm-hmm. Um, so much silence. And it's kind of like, well, yeah, we need the silence. Trust me, mm-hmm. in the world today. And, and then like maybe you've been to a charismatic thing. If you haven't, like go to something. Come to our healing masses. Go to a charismatic yeah. thing at your parish and just kind of like with an open heart and open mind and not kind of like prejudge like oh, it's gonna be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like okay. God, I want to. If you're gonna to want to touch me through this, I'm ready to be. I'm, I'm ready. I'm open because I, 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 I just I want you. Mm-hmm. That's what we like to be talking about. I'm a relationship with God. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Well, Father, we are out of time. I can't even believe it. Well, it's been fun. Thank you. It has been. Thank you so much for coming by today. Anytime. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www dot become fire dot faith that's dot f-a-i-t-h the franciscan friars of the holy spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization if you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give that's become fire dot faith slash give may the lord give you his peace we'll see you next time